Blog Talk Radio. Coach Mike Jones, the coach of the Mullers, coming at you from coast to coast, live here here in Puyallup, Washington. We're honored to have our guest today in the 1704th show. But before we do that, let us get out some plugs for some local shows coming up. All right, we got Pacific Northwest BCW in Portland today. We got GPW in St. Louis, Missouri. And then there's Flophouse Wrestling in Indianapolis today. Also, don't forget some of my favorite Northwest leagues. We got Northwest Pro next week end in Puyallup, Washington. They're bringing in Cowboy James Storm. Also, make sure to check out the Real School Army in the NGW Green Room and then the Sign of the Times by Sign Guy. And also... Uh, going to be coming up soon the ww cpw ngw northwest and wccw in oregon will all be back soon anyway without any further delay we're honored and privileged to have the king of connecticut matthew granahan how you doing brother hey guys thanks for having me on the show and i think we'll we'll have some fun and you're, you're joined here by the pernicious purveyor a preposterous pomposity and a paragon of pugilistic punditry. Nice. And hey, I'd like to give you over to my host. He's so fly, sign guy. He's never going to lie. He's better than baseball, hot dogs, and apple pie. Brother sign guy, how you doing? Doing well, coach. Thank you very much. And King of Connecticut, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for taking time today to be here. Thank you, guys. I I really uh, appreciate it. Well, my first question is one we always ask for first-time guests. What led to you getting into this crazy business of professional wrestling? Well, I I love pro wrestling from from a kid as, as a young man. Uh, I was in our yearbook. I was our wrestling team captain in high school, and I was voted most likely to be WWF champion because back then it was WWF and most unpredictable pro wrestler of all time. But I never knew how to get into professional wrestling, and it was uh, it was in college in the early '90s when I was getting involved in in judo at a school called Akari in. Uh, the dojo in Danbury, Connecticut. My buddy John, who wrestled for New Fairfield 
high school and rival high school and had uh, wrestled for Hofstra in, in college. He, he was, he was uh, going to Akari with me in the, in the early nineties, early to mid nineties. And he, uh, he said, I'm, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. And I said, wow. I said, I always wanted to be a professional wrestler. And I've told this story many times on many different shows. I uh, never formally trained to be a professional wrestler. He was going to a school that of a guy that a lot of folks will know, especially up in the Northeast. Most pro wrestling fans will know. Uh, it was in the early days of Killer Kowalski School when he had a school. And I think it was in Rhode Island or Mass or somewhere near us in Connecticut. But I never went to the school. Uh, how I got into pro wrestling originally was being my buddy's opponent. And he would take me around to uh, different uh, promotions. And this was the days before the big YouTube boom where you could see all the matches. And we would practice in the judo school. And our matches were very... Uh, much wrestling and judo uh, based and then the fans the fans loved them and you know I've always had that style throughout the guys I brought from the cage and the mat to the pro ring uh, like Kamal Shalarus and Phil Baroni and Stefan Bonner names that you guys know uh, but names you may not know as much guys like TJ Jaworski who is a you know, one of the greatest wrestlers from North Carolina UNC Tar Heel, Steve Alponi from Anderson College, Shane Lee from uh, the Citadel, who had a shoot with me. I used to coach him in high school, and we had a we had a drunken shoot at Beer Babes and Brawls, and uh, back in I think it was 2011 when he was wrestling in college, and and that really entertained the crowd. People said, "Man, that looks so real," and we said after because it was a place called TLC across from where the Gamecocks play. Uh, folks who know this, a lot of folks that were there in uh, South Carolina. That was a big uh, tailgate bar where they had wrestling shows. And I hosted that wrestling show for Chuck Sloan, an angry grandpa. It's got um, over a million and a half views on YouTube uh, before angry grandpa passed away, RIP. I think it was 2011. And uh, we went in and had a match. A lot of his old teammates were there. Uh, from high school, and I co- had coached him, and he 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 got me with a blast double. I ended up taking everything I could I could had to get him in a cross face cradle, and that's always been my philosophy of professional wrestling. I'm very much I keep kayfabe alive. I say, if you want to know how real it is, there's nothing I do in that ring to all you fat slobs that pay to see that, that that I do to my opponent that I couldn't do to every one of you fat slobs that pays to see me. And that's what my mentor uh, Billy Wicks told me when I went into pro wrestling from the from the uh, shoot world, and I still keep it I still keep it as real as can be. Now you have had a varied career. You've been in MMA wrestling, been an author. You've done a lot of different things. You worked with uh, television. What do you think it is about the pro wrestling industry that is different from all of the other industries where you've worked? The professional wrestling is the is the greatest of all. If if you have fun with it, if you do it right, it's the best ever. 
I mean, it's you take those fans on a ride, and I've been able to do that recently with this whole feud with the Nature Boy, whoa, Ric Flair, and I continue to try to keep the fans entertained, and I, it's reality for me. It's reality-based. It's still real to me, damn it. Now, you also were involved in Bellator when it was on Spike TV, and that was an important time not only for MMA and Bellator, but also for combat sports in general. It was in an era when there were not many choices as far as companies for the national level. What was it like seeing... MMA at that point come sort of into prominence when a lot of wrestling fans wanted a choice and just didn't have one. Well, you know, they, they still really still don't. I mean, they, the UFC, uh, I'm great friends with Art Davey, who's the creator and founder of the original UFC. But ever since then, when they were bought out by Zufa, and the Fertitta brothers, I'd urge everybody to watch when I on Kevin Sullivan's podcast or when I did uh, Gunnar Allen Lindboom's podcast, who's uh, the grandson of the Tokos, the, the, the gangsters from, from Detroit. I did his show about um, the Fertitta brothers and about the origin of where they get their money. I shared my experiences with managing Kamal Shalrus and and – I'll tell you, if you want to see how good Kamal Shalrus was, he was undefeated in WEC. He was a training partner of mine that I managed throughout his career. Uh, took him way early on in his career, away from Monty Cox. He uh, brought him into UFC, and they tried to take all his money, sponsor money, they, they, the old shakedown. They got more money from the sponsors than they paid the fighters at that time with the Fertitas. And, you know, I'm never, I've never been a big fan of Zufa. Never been a big fan of UFC. When I was with Bellator, it was right after UFC had left the Spike Network, and they went over to Fox. And uh, I was a prime marketing consultant, and we, we basically we emulated pro wrestling in a lot of ways with the old wars, the WCW uh, wars with WWE during the Attitude Era. And uh, you guys know Stefan Bonner. You know, check it out with Stefan and Tito. We beat them in the ratings head-to-head. I wanted to, to recreate the Stefan Bonner-Forrest Griffin match, but we couldn't get Forrest away from uh, UFC. His contract was solid. So we put him against the guy that everybody knew. He was like the kind of like the Hulk Hogan, like the face of, of UFC, Tito. And Bonner is a master of, the, of cutting a promo. Man, with, with the promo that he cut in the ring uh, with when, when we had one of Tito's old coaches and training partners under a mask, it was brilliant. And we didn't even have to smarten Tito up. He did exactly what we wanted him to do. And we've ended up beating him head-to-head in the ratings. And I'll tell you, you know, I wish Bellator was doing better. Um, we used, I used the old... Rolling Stones philosophy when I worked in marketing for Bellator, which was to take known UFC guys and put them at the top of the card so that the, the other bands, the opening bands or the undercard fighters would get recognized better. And they kind of followed that lead with Coker afterwards. 
and I'd like to see Bellator do more because I'm I'm not really a a big fan of the UFC. I don't really know them now um, that they're owned by Endeavor. Uh, but in the days when I dealt with Mike Merch and, and the Fertitta brothers and those guys, you know, I'm not really a fan. One of the problems that was plaguing pretty much any sport at all at that time when uh, Bellator was coming on to Spike TV was the steroid controversy. Uh, it was huge in the late 90s. and then yeah, there, There's a spin on that. I'm going to interrupt you because there's a spin on that from a fighter's perspective. And uh, I'll tell you what it is. And Stefan Bonner explains it really well. Um, that's largely a work. And I'll tell you how it's a work. Dana White was a big supporter of TRT. Uh, he was publicly a big supporter of TRT. Until I always tell people, follow the money. And you're not going to have a lot of people like me on the show that are going to speak their mind and give you the honest perspective of what was really going on there. What was really going on there was the older fighters that were established were going to be paid more. So they were under the tutelage of their doctors on TRT. Dana White supported it until he realized, I've got to pay these guys more. So if I bring USADA in, which to me is a fascist organization, if I bring these guys in, then I can weed out my older fighters and I, and I can make it more like the Harlem Globetrotters instead of, a, instead of a company with stars. And you know, if you understand what I'm saying, it's like the circus is coming to town with UFC and the era of the stars went away. And any doctor will tell you if you're on TRT, under the the auspices of your doctor, you shouldn't go off it right away. And they forced a lot of fighters to choose between their their own personal health and their career. And that was money. Dana White is a scumbag. Dana White is a complete POS. And I'll I'll tell you that. And if you guys want to go more into how the Fertitas rob the fighters of all their sponsored money, you know, I could go on for hours. No doubt about that, I'm sure. But uh do you think in today's environment that there's still a lot of steroid and supplement use that people are bypassing around the regulations? And let, the me, let me put it to you this way. A guy who works in an office, uh, a guy who sits on his ass and works in an office and then goes off to work out at night or whatever, um, can, can be on the modern-day you know, treatments – of TRT, a guy that fights for his life in the cage can't, it's absolutely insane. The whole idea of it is insane. And I say, again, it comes down to money. It's all a work. It's all a con. Just like, you know, these wars and stuff that are going on. You know, I know you guys don't want to get as much into politics, but I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it, life is a work, and then you go over. Most definitely. And one of the other things that you've been noted for is you've been calling out Ric Flair quite a bit on YouTube at various intervals with your promos. Can yep, you tell yep. us the let, history let of you, you there. I, I haven't really called out Ric Flair. Um, that's not really what happened. What happened was uh, we wanted to get Rick. Actually, I work for Berman Law Group. 
or one of the preeminent uh, law firms on the East Coast, and I'm a marketing coordinator for them, and I also host our podcast, the Bourbon Team Podcast, and they specifically wanted to get Ric Flair on uh, the podcast, but they also wanted him to host an event that the firm was doing with uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida. And uh, I'd known Rick for a long time. Uh, I'd known Rick since I bounced at Docksides on Lake Murray uh, when he used to drown his sorrows sitting there with Tiffany. And I, I rarely give advice. Men don't need it and fools don't heed it. But I did give Rick uh, the advice to stay away from these gold diggers because Tiffany was the kind of girl that wouldn't even look at you. I said, Rick, I got all these fine women here on the lake, and, and that, that kind of leads into what happened. You know, Rick, has, over, the, over the years, I've sent him pictures and videos of some of the fine ladies from, from my royal stable. And when I reached out to him, he uh, asked me, I reached out to him to host the DeSantis event, be on our podcast back in uh, November. And he asked me, he said, he says, do you have any pictures or videos of that beautiful girl that I used to send him pictures of a few years back when we were on this boat in Lake Lanier. And it was this girl, Gloria, who's a beautiful uh, Czech, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mexican-Lebanese mix. She was very, very sexy. And I said, no, she's a beautiful woman, but she's moved off to California. But I have pictures of Gloria Diferente, of a beautiful, another beautiful woman, Lucy, that I met at the airport, beautiful Dominican. Uh, that I met at the airport when I was flying out to do the retrospective back in November uh, with Eric Paulson for our book, Rough and Tumble. And uh, I said, and Rick said, send him over, send him the nature boy. So, you know, I sent him some videos and uh, he loved them. And uh, later that night, I got, he, he called, well, he called me that afternoon and he said, he says, you got to call Wendy. You got to call Wendy and you got to tell her. You meant to send those to your other friend and uh, figure out what was going on, but that made no sense because if she looked on his phone, she would see that he was delighted to get them. So uh, I was real busy when he called, kind of forgot about it. And then later that night, Rick texted me, and he said, uh, he said, kill yourself, Matt. You never sent those to Wendy. And, and he goes, and by the way, the women you send me videos of, they don't stack up to Wendy. So obviously she was looking there on his phone. So then what happened afterwards, uh, you know, I joked around with Rick and uh, he was, he wasn't having any of it. He was really, he was really pissed off. Then he calmed down and we texted again a little bit. And then I found out that they were getting divorced. So as a personality on the Hannibal TV, I said, man, oh man, I got an opportunity here first story so uh hannibal verified that it was rick's number you know that that it was all legit and we we made a little story of it and i always said in the very beginning i wish wish rick and wendy nothing but the best but this is like an attitude era storyline a real storyline and so uh from there what happened uh i after they broke up i i had wendy's number and i sent her a picture i was in a pool in daytona and uh, they have a place in Rosemary Beach, which is right across from across the coast from Florida. And I didn't expect her to text me back right away. And she texts me back right away, real flirtatious. Oh, I'm so jealous of your tan. Let's get together for some mimosas. We message back and forth. And then 
later that night to get him riled up. I mean, come on, that's a rookie move, Rick. He should know better than that. And Rick exploded at me. He wants to kill me. He's going to find me. He's going to find where I live. And, uh, you know, why don't you send her a picture of your prick? And I said, hey, it won't fit. I don't have a wide-angle lens on this phone, pal. And I said, but I wish you and Wendy nothing but the best. And then F you from Rick after that. And then what happened? What happened? Made another story of it on the Hannibal. It exploded in the news. I went on some other podcasts, the Kevin Sullivan's podcast and some MMA podcasts, MMA Power Hour. Everybody's wanting to have me on to talk about it. Bob Carson MMA podcast and and, uh, Bill Hazelwood, the voice of the Carolinas, had me uh, on for for, uh, his event and then had me at one of his shows that he was a part of. I had a promotion I'd wrestled on before. APW uh, put me out there and – called out uh, a guy that for shoot was one of uh, Reed Flair's uh, protégés in amateur wrestling, a kid that was a pretty solid amateur wrestler, but a lot smaller than me, and I had to teach the kid a lesson, choked him out, and uh, put him in the figure four, baby. Woo! And like I said to Rick, like I said to Rick, you know, this is it, pal. Wendy's a wonderful woman. She's a beautiful woman, but she's two cup sizes, too small, and she's 40 years old for this king, baby. All right. Well, King of Connecticut, I've got to get going to a booking of my own today. So I'm going to hit the road. Have a great time. Have a great match. Have a great match. And I just want to say one more thing. Ric Flair, I stole your woman and I stole your hold. And if you still had it, I'd steal your gold. All right. Well, I'm going to pass you back over to the coach with the most coming at us from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because coach makes a really good challah French toast. Awesome. Hey. Awesome. Well, let me tell you, let me uh, tell hey. you, coach, have it out here. I would, I'll tell you, cause I do have a cookbook out and I want to, I want to get this out. having a, a, a kind of a Italian Mexican fusion that I make. It's, it's with guacamole and shrimp uh, pasta salad, and you can get it at the Amazon Kindle store. You can buy my book, Cooking with the King, my ebook, e-cookbook. It's only three ninety nine. We've sold over six hundred copies over the last couple of years, and I like to keep pumping it out because it's quick, easy recipes, and it's only three ninety nine. All right, and hey, that's impressive. How many books do you got? I've got the Two Handsome for Hollywood I did with Dan Severn, which is a comedy, a lot of comedy and funny stories. Uh, I've got the Rough and Tumble History of MMA and Pro Wrestling that I did with Eric Paulson, which is still selling after 14 years. And you can get on E-R-I-K-P-A-U-L-S-O-N.com. I've got the book I did with Gorgeous George, Stephanie Bellers, uh, which we never completed, sadly. And then I've got the the book I'm doing with Stephen Bonner, Chaotic Enlightenment, which, um, you know, Stefan, I love him to death, but, you know, he's had some injuries and stuff lately. I'm hoping that we finish that book this year in 2022. Okay. Hey, and then uh, we got a couple questions here from emails, but Sign had a couple questions that he didn't have time to ask you, but he wanted, Sign, Sign Guy wanted to know, if Connecticut was ever run as a monarchy like Hawaii? You know, that's a great question. I wish uh, I could say it still was, and it might still be if I was still there. 
but the whole King of Connecticut thing came uh, about uh, with Chuck Sloan at APW Pro Wrestling years ago during a karaoke battle. And it was kind of a takeoff on me being the Yankee Elvis. And it kind of blossomed from there and loved the name. And I am from Connecticut. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, if I ever move back there, it will be a monarchy once again. Yes, sir. And another one of sign in mind's uh, regular questions are, sign guy would love to know what's your favorite coffee to drink? You know, I got to tell you, uh, with my beautiful Glory Diferente, my Venezuelana woman, uh, I like the Busteo, which is the Spanish, strong Spanish coffee. Okay. And then we also got a question from Kurt Ferris. He wanted to know who would win a match between you and Vinnie Mac of the Attitude Era. Vinnie, are you talking about Vince McMahon? Yes, I'm pretty sure he's never been in a real fight. You would squash him. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm confident that I would, but I will say this: you know, Vince McMahon is an animal in the gym. I mean, he he works out hard, and I have had the opportunity. And this goes way back in time uh, to pre-attitude era to work out quite a bit in Stanford, Connecticut at the at the training center. Uh, my buddy Pete Riccio, when man, we were right out of college, so this goes back to the mid '90s. Um, my buddy Pete Riccio worked in accounting there. I actually only grew up a few exits from the WWE headquarters. And uh, it was WWF at that time. And, man, this had to be like 94, 95. I used to go work out at the um, at the gym. And I'll throw one, at, I'm throwing one there at you. Uh, it was when Michael P.S. Hayes had come over and was Doc Hendricks. And he used to play video games in that gym. And, and, I, and I remember one day I came up to him and I said, you know what my favorite song is? And he said, what? I said, Bad Street USA, baby. Because I remembered it. And he didn't know that I was a fan of his at that time. That was a long time ago, my God. Because the king is uh, the king is no spring chicken, you know? Yeah. Hey, you're a Hall of Famer at MMA in Florida. Where else are you Hall of Famer? Well, I'll tell you that in Florida, um, that was an honor for me. That uh, was inducted along with King Mo and a few other guys at RFC back in 2017, and I had a I could started competing in Florida, and I didn't start competing in MMA when I was younger because well wasn't around when I was younger, but also uh, I was on Severance, and I was training with Kamal Shalarus, and I have to give him a lot of credit uh, in getting me uh, to compete, and I competed a handful of times in Florida, and. Uh, I also did uh, broadcasting in Florida uh, quite a bit for RFC and some other fight promotions, and I I worked for Bellator. So it was kind of a culmination of things with me being inducted that year. They surprised me with that. I I was there to call some of the fights at RFC 39, and uh, they, they surprised me. Uh, that afternoon, like in the production meeting, was saying that I was being added uh, to that Hall of Fame. So I consider that a, a true honor 
um, that was there in Tampa. Uh, but South Carolina, I had a lot of involvement with MMA. I never competed in South Carolina. I competed in, in uh, Georgia and Florida and Alabama, but I cornered a lot of fights in South Carolina um, and in Florida uh, during that time, uh, that time frame when I, when I was on my severance for a few years. And I'll tell you, man, one of the biggest honors for me has been the, the people I've been able to broadcast with because I, uh, in my fight career, I didn't fight, you know, high-level guys. It was when Florida was only pro. I did fight one high-level guy that was Jeff Hammond, who was really good in jiu-jitsu. And uh, I knocked him out, but I lost that fight because uh, I need him in the head on a scramble. And, you know, you can't knee a down opponent. Uh, but mm. I was losing that fight anyway, but that was my one loss, but I won some submission, submission wins, but not against high caliber guys. I, you know, I, I mean, I've, I'll tell you, uh, I was a Bush league leaguer as a competitor, but I was able to manage a lot of high level guys to train with a lot of high level guys. And then also, uh, broadcast with some great guys brought, got an opportunity to broadcast with, uh, King Mo with uh Green Maynard as well as uh with uh a guy that you know uh Stefan Bonner of course and then on the kickboxing and the boxing side I got to broadcast with some legends like world champion it's like merciless Ray Mercer. Um so I've had a I've had a great opportunity in the world of uh MMA and pro wrestling to work with a lot of great guys, you know, alongside me over the years. Yeah, what a blessing. And, uh, man, a list of uh, impressive Hall of Famer and top-of-the-line people you've worked with, Stefan, Phil Baroni, Dan Severn, Don Fry, Eric Paulson, any other big names? Yeah, I got an opportunity, and you guys will know. Uh, uh, you guys will know. uh I got an opportunity to broadcast with Frankie Edgar uh, up in uh, uh, what was that? Uh, Strike Off, which was outside of DC for my buddy Rob McCraw's promotion. And Rob is really the one. He was an old teammate of mine, uh, and uh, he was the one who got me into broadcasting because he was the matchmaker for Strike Off, and they were big. They were pulling a lot of guys that had been an Ultimate Fighter. Um, they were running at, out of Eagle Bank Arena where UFC ran outside of D.C., and they had me up to broadcast for them on uh, some shows before they folded. You know, a lot of these local promotions fold. You know, that's why, say, you know, UFC uh, holds the, the cards. But uh had an opportunity to broadcast with Frankie up there as well and uh trying to think of who else um in the uh yeah uh world champion uh, anna crutchfield female world champion in the kickboxing world as well uh, got a chance to do uh broadcast and, and do uh, some feature interviews and stuff with her um, so i've had an opportunity to work with a lot of people that that your listeners may not know too that were excellent fighters and broadcasters there's so many that's why you know i told people I'm, I'm not really involved in mma anymore i don't i'm not really a big fan of it because most people i know are not involved anymore but i'll tell you um there are so many great fighters out there and there are so many great grapplers out there that people don't know their names 
you know, um, that that aren't. And that's why I say you got to check out Kamal because Kamal and I were very close as training partners, and then I managed him and throughout his fight career. And, and check it out when, when he fought Khabib because a lot of people may not know Kamal. And then a lot of these people join. They start becoming fans after I stopped watching UFC. After I stopped competing in them and after I stopped cornering fights, broadcasting, and they don't even know. They only know people from the last couple of years. You know, I, I don't know if you saw with Don Fry, you know, he punched that guy, that fan uh, at the show, and, I, and the guy tried to push him. I think the fan didn't even know who Don Fry was, you know. It's unbelievable yeah. to me. What an honor. And then your book, Rough and Tumble, very impressive with Eric Paulson. I see that Jake Shannon was in it. Have you got to work with Jake? I, I know Jake, um, got to know Jake over the years, and I want to give Jake big credit um, as well. And I think I did it in the retrospective I did with uh, with Eric. Um, Jake Shannon was was friends with one of my real mentors. It was like a second father to me, coaches and mentors, Billy Wicks, who was an old Carney, uh, great coach in grappling, great man. You know, uh, he and I were, were very, very close up until his, his passing. Um, and, uh, and he put me in touch with Jake Shannon and, uh, Jake actually is the one who got me in touch with Eric Paulson when I went out there and I started training with Eric and then we ended up, um, doing the book. And uh, the story there, that was a long time. It was probably 2006 or seven when I first started. Um, I, I was in uh, Orange County a lot because the company that I was working for um, had me out there. So, court, you know, at night I started training with Eric and then, and then going out, hanging out with this barbecue place with Eric afterwards, having some beers and some barbecue and uh, talking about uh, – that was it uh, – God, I wish I remember his name. Was it Matt Covian? I think it was Matt Covian, uh, who was another fighter of Billy Wicks, who was out there uh, fighting under Eric at the time, too, and training with us. I'm pretty sure it was Covian. And so um, uh, Eric and I, Eric goes, man, he goes, you got so much, you got a lot of cool stuff and neck cranks and stuff. And he goes, and, and I started telling him, you know, it's, it's Billy Wicks. And then he goes, yeah, he goes, Covan came out here from Billy Wicks. And then I said, yeah, man, he's an old carny. And then, and, and Eric loved that. And then he started talking about Yuri Nakamura, um, who got hit with Shuto and his background with Shuto. And that, and th- that was where the whole rough and tumble book evolved, uh, from, and uh, that book covers every aspect of grappling. Uh, we did a retrospective, which was over an hour long, that you can see on the Hannibal TV and, and on Eric's Combat Submission Wrestling page as well. So, yeah, so yeah, I've, I've never, uh, when you say work with Jake, I've never actually, uh, uh, we've always, I, I've kind of always done my own thing with, with seminars and stuff. I've never, but Jake does some great seminars and he's, you know, he's been around for a long time and he has a great organization as well. There's so many people that have, you know, great organizations, uh, in, uh, in the grappling world. And, and unfortunately, you know, I, I don't stay up to date with everything that's going on now, but, uh, but you know, there's some great newer ones that I probably don't even know about. Amen. Yeah, and we're proud and honored. We got Jake Shannon booked for this summer. I'm looking forward to that show. Also, oh, some other great. impressive. That's great. Yeah. Also, some other impressive stuff. Your mentors, brother, 
Billy Wicks, Frankie Kane, Judo Gene. I'm sure you've got others. They were they were the mentors that people know. You know, those are the guys that uh, you know that people know. But I've also had some great wrestling coaches over the years. Uh, Billy Wicks was was a, was a really close personal friend. Frankie Kane. I mean, we talk about gangsters. It doesn't get any more gangster than Frankie Kane. Um, he had the strip clubs down there in Fort Wayne. He's a great guy, man. A great shooter as well. Great, uh, very knowledgeable. And and there's a great book about him actually that uh, Scott Teal wrote. Um, that's uh, that's out there too. And Gene LaBelle is just a walking encyclopedia, man. It's awesome. But I mean, uh, I've had some great coaches, Kent Russell. Uh, Char- uh, Charlie uh, Anderson, um, Coach Lawrence, you know, over the years that I've had great coaches that aren't as well known, you know, globally, you know, all over the world. <clears throat> and I and I credit Kamal Shalarus too, man. He was, uh, you know, he pushed you. He he was he was a great. I learned so much from him. I mean, in America, I grew up wrestling with with um, folk style. And I had I had some success with freestyle um, as well, but nowhere near the the level of that Kamal had. And he's just I really feel that he's one of the most underrated uh, fighters um, out there. He he had an amazing career. Yes, sir. And then judo judo Gene is like a hero to like hundreds of people. You got some judo Gene stories. I know he wrote your forward for your book. Oh yeah, man. I definitely do. I spent. Uh, I spent a couple nights uh, at his house. Eric actually set me up to stay at his house, and I watched um, him slay the savage, uh, Milo Savage, uh, and I watched his roasts. When well, we had a great time over there, man, well, and, and heard some great stories from uh, with him about Burt Reynolds, and then I went to his class. He was still teaching back then. This was probably 07 maybe, uh, 2007, 2008 in there. And uh, he was still teaching. I went to his class, his Monday night class, and just like I said, absolute walking encyclopedia and a funny guy and a great actor and a great stuntman as well in Hollywood. One of the most underrated stuntmen out there. Awesome. And, man, you wear so many hats. You're a comedian, producer, announcer, podcast host, playboy, kingpin. You got a joke for us. Let me talk about let me talk about what's going on now because I work for Berman Law Group and uh, we're, uh, I host their podcast, the Berman Team podcast, and I want people to come check it out. I do a lot of stuff with we we say Cosa Nostra, our thing. We never use the uh, the M word to describe, but with uh, Italian organized crime, I know a lot of people in that world. I don't want to get into the specifics, but I will say people know Phil Baroni. The New York badass, you know, he was with the Gambino crime family uh, when he before he was even at Hofstra. And uh, I want people to check out, um, check me out on John Elite show. I just was on his show, and with Mike Dowd, who's been on Rogan's show and and been on uh, Coco Diaz show. Uh, I set them up with an arrangement with us with the Berman team. They're part of the Berman team now to do their podcast from our studio in Boca Raton. And um, April 25th, we're going to be – I'm going to be with Dan and B. Severn April 24th at an event in at the Ocean Center in Daytona Pro Wrestling event. And then I'm going to go down on the morning of the 25th with Dan, and we're going to do – I'm going to have Dan as a guest in our studio on the Elite Show, 
on John Elite Show. So I want people to check that out, um, all that stuff out as well. Yeah, and you're quite the ladies' man. I'm really impressed with the women you've had in the past that you've hooked up with Deborah, Sonny, and there's even rumors oh, that yeah. you've hooked up with Camel Toe Harris and Tulsi Gabbard. I would love, uh, man, Tulsi is uh, still on the list. She's still on the list. Uh, but I'll tell you, I there's a good friend of mine, uh, Wes Gillum. I don't want to get into politics too much, but he, um, man, he introduced me to Camel, uh, uh, Miss uh, Hot Lips Harris. And he's got some pictures and he's got some stories. And I'll just say this. She's a very beautiful woman. And she's... Uh, she likes to swing. She likes to have a good time. And and I think if she was uh you know, just to say one thing about politics, I think if her name was uh was Sarah Palin or uh Christy Nome, she would be under a spotlight with the media with that. But because uh because she is hot lips Harris, she gets away with a lot of it. And I and I and I have no problem with that. I like to have a good time. Everybody knows that. I love to have a good time and I love the ladies, but uh yeah, that's I'll leave that there I guess. Okay, and hey, I got some inside news for you. I was talking to Tulsi the other day, and she let me know her running mate, she's looking to have you, the King of Connecticut, be her running mate in 2024, brother. I love it. I love it. You know, I love that. The only thing is, you know, as I as I record this, I'm sitting in the pool here in the beautiful screen house and, 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 uh, in an area – down here in the deep, the deep southeast that I won't disclose, and the thought of having to live in that cesspool of the depravity of Washington D.C. just makes the king's stomach turn. If there was anybody I'd like to live with up there in Washington D.C. It would be beautiful Miss Tulsi Gabbard. Yes, and hey, what's your definition of politics? I'll tell you, Polly is many. And ticks are blood-sucking insects. Oh, and I want to tell you guys a, a little story. It's not its not so much a joke. It's a story from down here in the, in the deep, deep, dirty south, down here in the swamps of South Carolina and Florida. Uh, I, was, I was talking to a, to a gentleman. Uh, he was sitting on his front porch, and he said to me, he said, King, because I had this, uh, this youngin come by. The other day, and I'm sitting on my porch here, and he comes by with a bucket of Gatorade. And I said, boy, what you doing? And he goes, I'm going gator hunting. And the old-timer shook his head. <laughs> oh, man, he said, that boy just ain't right. An hour later, a young man comes by with a gator on each shoulder. The old-timer, <laughs> he rubs his eyes and... He says, you know, I didn't know what to think, but the next day, sitting on the front porch, a young man comes by with a with a bunch of duct tape. And I said, Boy, what you doing? He says, He says, I'm going duck hunting. And I said, I said, Boy, something wrong with you. Well, what do you know? An hour later by with a satchel full of ducks and then the old timer says to me 
this morning. I'm get I'm barefoot. Come out there with my coffee on the front porch. Same young boy's coming by, and he's got a gaggle full of sticks. And I said, Sonny, what you doing? What are those? The young man says, them are pussy willows. The old timer told me, <laughs> he said, I run in the house. I grabbed my shoes. I said, boy, I'll be right back. <laughs> nice. All right. Hey, uh, can you tell us a little bit about the Million Dollar Fight Club? The uh, the million dollar millionaire fight club. Uh, yeah, millionaire. Or, fight okay, club. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so millionaire fight club is a company that uh, was run by a fight promoter in South Carolina, uh, Michael Caramico. I haven't heard anything about it since before Corona, <clears throat> but they did an event that I hosted. Down in South Florida, down in Miami, actually, it was called. Um, what the heck did they call that? Uh, was it Miami Heat? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name because it's been so many years. I think it was 2017. It was called. It was. It was a women's grappling festival that was headlined by Andrea KGB Lee, uh, and um, all from UFC, and also had the creation. Andy Wynn on it, and it was uh, Miami Vice Grip. Miami Vice Grip, I'm sorry. Yeah, not Miami. Right. Miami Vice Grip. And it was a great festival. I hosted it with King Mo down there in uh, Florida. And then um, my, he also did uh, another event, which was called Legends and Vixens in South Carolina, which was a uh, – I pay-per-view event that I got an opportunity to headline with the beautiful ladies of oil wrestling and the great Stefan Bonner. And, uh, man, oh, man, that was a blast. I want everybody to check out the main event on that fight. You can go to Hannibal and you hit TV and you can you can look up UFC Bonner Intergender. It'll give you the full match, and it's on some other channels too. Uh, but I know it's got over 10,000 on on there on the Hannibal, and it was great, good old, good old fashioned Attitude Era style pro wrestling. Uh, the beautiful Summer Steel lured me with her buns of steel. She lured me at the pool up to her hotel room, and Bonner hit me with the Pearl Harbor job, a little vignette before the match, and and we had a great match. I I was the victim of the flying booty bump. And the buns of deception, but I I say if when Stefan gets gets fully healed, I want to come back and uh, I want to I want to have a rematch with uh, with Bonner and I have a, another tag team partner. Well, I have my beautiful Gina Carucci, uh, the the Strong Island Lolita, and he's got Summer Steel, the buns of steel, and then my and then also Billionaire Fight Club had a a, a tournament that was out on the West Coast that got. That was the last I'd heard from them as far as doing a show. Um, that was a heavyweight tournament that Bonner and I helped them um, to book. And um, that got canceled from Corona. And then, like a lot of promotions, they kind of just got sidelined, I think, from, from the whole um, – cl- all the closures and everything. Yeah, right on. And then uh, Million Dollar – or the, the Millionaire Fight Club also wanted to get Donnie Bonaducci, who's scared as a mother effer against the coach with the most, but Donnie Bonaducci's hiding up here in Seattle. 
He's hiding. He can run, but he can't hide. I'm just going to say this, Bonaduce. You can run, but you can't hide. We know you're scared of the coach, of Mike D. Jones. Bonaduce, that, that yellow stripe down your back, it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. I thought you were a tough guy. I remember you. I hosted Celebrity Boxing, Bonaduce. After you, and I remember you from Celebrity Boxing, you were a tough guy. I remember when you took down one of the Brady Bunch brothers, but you'll never take down Coach Mike D. Jones. That's right, brother. And, hey, who were some of your heroes growing up? We know a lot of these questions have more than one answer, so it'll be uh, as many answers as as you got. Well, one, of course, is uh, my dad was a great man who just passed away. Uh, Patrick, he taught me a lot about uh, about the outdoors and hunting and fishing, and, and he was a trap shooting champion. He's a great man. Uh, my grandfather, uh, everybody is, is kind of close to home. But the number one hero for me, it was, it was that handsome devil I, I saw every morning in the mirror when I brushed my teeth. All right. How about some of your most memorable matches, whether you've been in them or seen them? Man, uh, growing up, I, I was a big fan uh, and, and of the Hulkster. I was a Hulkamaniac to the core, but I also loved watching the NWA. I loved I loved the uh, 605 show on Saturday nights. I loved seeing a Guys get like Ronnie Garvin and 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 Ole Anderson go in there and stretch guys, um, you know. And then for myself personally, the match with Adam Newsom that I had uh, in Kentucky was so was special because that was bringing MMA into pro wrestling. Adam and I had some legitimate heat um, from a gym from John Shattuck's gym in Sykesville, Maryland, and we we brought that to the squared circle brushes to save the youth of Eastern Kentucky. And I got to get back there and see if I've saved them. I've got to get back All there because right. it was a foreign object to them. It was a foreign object. And then of course, of course, uh, I have to say when I got an opportunity to return home to Norwalk, Connecticut for Granamania in 2017, I just mentioned this on uh, Dan Severn's podcast. I was in the main event against Chase Brown, the cauliflower, and Dan was up there on the card as well. And cauliflower, Chase Brown, and I, that was so special because it was an event to raise money for the mats uh, for my high school team, for the Norwalk Bears. And uh, my old coach, Charles Anderson, put that together with the new coach, Job Fernandez. And that had an extremely special significance because I hadn't been in my hometown in over 10 years. And uh, all the people who came out, uh, my old teammates, my old friends, uh, God, parents of my old friends, children of my old friends that came out to that event. Uh, it was it was very, very special against Chase Brown, Norwalk High School, 2017 at Granamania. Yeah, that was sweet. I did get to see that. That was nice. Also, uh, thank you. Yeah, that was that was my favorite. That was my favorite just because the sentimental value, you know, of being able to go back home. Yeah, and what other sports did you play in high school? 
played football and I did, I was big into football uh, and, and baseball before I found wrestling and I found, found wrestling starting in seventh grade. But I also, a lot of people don't know in college, I, I played water polo and in college I did two sports in different years. I swam one year, uh, division one, when I was at Fairfield university in addition to having wrestled. So uh, I did the the fifty yard fifty uh, free uh, style. I had a good time on that. I couldn't catch up to people in the other stuff, but that was a real challenge. And then I went back and did freestyle wrestling from swimming, and my cardio was amazing. I mean, there's no better cardio than swimming. And I still love the pool. I love the water. You know, um, I love the outdoors. Nice. Hey, what's some of your self defense background? Hold on one second. Uh, hold on. I'm still on the sure. show. You have to go up. Oh, sorry about that. I have I have family here. Uh, but yeah, so I started doing uh, I started doing judo uh, when I was in freshman year in college. I started cross training in uh, in judo, and that was when judo had a lot more groundwork and submissions and stuff and. Uh, I boxed as well. I told the story about uh, a guy that we're not a big fan of, uh, Sammy Gravano, when I was on John Elite's show about uh, my uncle used to train at Gleason's in the city because I grew up right outside of New York City, and um, Sammy used to pay guys to be, let him uh, beat them up. You know, So we're not a big fan of Sammy Gravano in this house, we're, uh, but uh, boxing and, uh, and judo. <clears throat> Okay, and then who are some of your toughest opponents? Well, I'll tell you, in MMA, uh, my toughest opponent, I already kind of recounted that, was Jeff Hammond um, because he was so good at, at jiu-jitsu. Um, and he had me beat, you know, every step of the way. And he had great wrestling defense, and he was just as good as me pretty much on the feet. I would have lost that fight if I had – if he hadn't been uh, – disqualified or if I hadn't been disqualified. Um, and other than that, I didn't really have any real, real tough opponents. Cause I didn't, I, I didn't, I don't want to say I, I wrestled a lot of guys that or fought a lot of guys that had a wrestling deficit, but he was really the toughest one. Okay. And then do you have any suggestions for people wanting to get into the business? Yeah, man, getting into pro wrestling now, uh man, it's such a cool world with this with these podcasts and stuff. Think about what I what just happened with me and Ric Flair. Work some reality. I mean that's that's a shoot. I mean there's so much reality that these guys can work. I mean, look at these people that can become stars on uh YouTube. Look at Jake Paul. Let me ask you, what do you think of Jake Paul? Hey, he's impressive. He's a self made man and he's worked hard. Yeah, I like Jake Paul. I mean, I'll tell you, he's been he's. I mean, look at you yourself with 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 Bonaduce. I mean, Bonaduce's been running and hiding from you, and you know he knows that you can he knows that you can kick 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 some booty. And um, Jake Paul is a guy that just shows you. I mean, it's like it's like the world is your oyster, man. There's so many opportunities out there in the, in this whole new world. Uh, of YouTube and social media and all these shows 
I mean, God, I mean, I never competed for a major promotion in MMA or pro wrestling, but I've been fortunate enough to, to be friends with and manage and train a lot of guys that, that have, but you don't really need to anymore because of the power of, of social media. So use your creativity, man. And, and you know, for the young guys now, uh, the world is their oyster, man. Amen. Hey, man, I love your insight, your intellect, and basically everything you're about, man. Um, you're a lot of positive stuff, and I feel you you got the right frame of mind. And I just uh, – what kind of suggestions do you have for just people for ordinary life? I think the, the best advice I just got – because, you know, we had a uh, we had a little family tragedy recently, and, and – I got great advice from a girl that worked for worked for me. She did promos for me in the wine business. Was Aubrey Stoya, a beautiful Romanian girl, and she just said, "You know, keep the positive vibes and keep it easy." And that's that's what I try to do. You know, don't get upset about stuff. Just relax. Like the whole thing with Ric Flair, some people might have made a big deal that, oh, he's threatening you. It doesn't bother me. And we all have bad days. We all threaten people. I mean, we've all done crazy stuff. And just love everybody, man, and have fun and joke and have a sense of humor. You know, people have lost their sense of humor largely in the world. And what's going to get you through everything is is being able to laugh and enjoy life. I mean, there's so much to enjoy about life. Exactly. And yeah, we know the time's about running out for our live show. I'm going to stay on a little bit longer, but I want to give you, uh, or do you have any schools that you'd like to suggest? Down here? Absolutely. Anybody want to do pro wrestling down here in Florida? Oh, I just told what state I was in. <laughs> is uh, there's a great place? Uh, my buddy Kenny Lester, who was uh, he was a heavyweight wrestler in uh, at ASU, and then he he got into pro wrestling. He was big in uh, Greco too, but he's he's his father was uh, the judge of the Trayvon Martin case down here. Judge Lester, big Kenny, big Kenny Lester. You know, if you guys follow me, you'll see big Kenny. I I managed him when he came went into pro wrestling. I was his mouthpiece. And he has a great gym down here. It's called the Self-Made Training Center. And uh, I've had the, the the pleasure, the absolute pleasure of going over there and training with Kenny. It's, uh, excuse me, it's right outside of Orlando, of Orlando, Florida. And then uh, up in South Carolina, APW, man, uh, where I just uh, slapped a figure four that, on uh, Reed Flair's uh, protege. They are, they're great. I mean, they're really cool uh, guys over there. Chief J Eagle, uh, they train wrestlers, pro wrestlers. Um, Kenny School can you can do either, and then uh, you can do pro wrestling or MMA there. Uh, it's a huge facility. They've got a ring, they've got cages, and then another school that's really good is my buddy Derek Sierra has here in Florida too. It's it's actually right on the Jacksonville, uh, Florida Georgia line. It's uh, it's a great. Uh, School as well. Um, I just did a seminar there recently, and I'm drawing a blank on the name. I think it's called Premier Premier Training Center, in uh, or okay. Premier Grappling Center. In uh, uh, it's, if you guys check out Derek Sierra on Facebook, D E R E K S I E R R A, St. Mary's Georgia, which is right on the Jacksonville line. He's got a great school as well. 
Okay. And then what do you got coming up? Well, I'll tell you, we have uh, April 25th. April 24th, I'm going to be at the Oceanfront Center table with Dan and B. Severn uh, for a wrestling show in FanFest that's going on um, over there. And then April 25th, I'm going to be with Dan uh, down in uh, uh, at our Berman Law Group podcast studio uh, down in uh, Boca Raton, Florida, and we'll have Dan on there. And also, I want everybody to check out the John Elite Show, the Elite Show, very popular show in the mob genre. I just did uh, an hour with him. And then I just did Dan and Don's podcast, which should be breaking soon to Toxic Masculinity. Everybody, of course, check out this podcast uh, as well. And then uh, aside from that, you know, we've got a lot going on with the family here, but I want anybody who has been involved in an accident, whether it's at work um, or at a business or a car accident, to message me on Facebook at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-J. G-R-A-N-A-H-A-N, because we have the very best personal injury lawyers with our firm, with Berman Law Group. And then, hey, how how, is there other sites that people can get a hold of you at? Yeah, everybody check out. uh, We mentioned the Rough and Tumble book. We have a T-shirt book deal going on now at E-R-I-K-P-A-U-L-S-O-N.com. And if you go on Amazon, you can you can buy Too Handsome for Hollywood, Amazon Kindle Store, Too Handsome for Hollywood, the comedy book I did with Dan Severn. You can also buy uh, my cookbook, Cooking with the King, Culinary Masterpieces with the Suntan Superman, Matt Granahan. That's on there too. And uh aside from aside from that, uh I think we got we got all our bases covered. Check me out on Hannibal TV too. I've got Literally hundreds of commentaries on there, uh, matches. Uh, check out my techniques if you're a grappler. Check out some of my seminar work and techniques in the in, in the MMA and grappling world. You know, I my, my I've cornered and, and coached a number of fighters in addition to competing, and I have a very uh, very unique uh, approach to. Uh, to coaching, very wrestling based for for fighters where you don't have to take a lot of damage in your fights. Yes, and thank God for Hannibal for all he does for wrestling, for podcasts, for media, for you, for me, for Kevin, for Andrew Anderson. Oh yeah, for Hannibal is awesome. For countless yeah, Hannibal other is people. Awesome. You know, hey, excuse me. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, Hannibal's also done some extensive uh, sit-down interviews with me as well uh, on this on there for when he has Hannibal TV show. In addition, you can find all that on Hannibal TV. And also, want to mention, I was also a guest on Kevin Sullivan's podcast recently that you can listen to. And also, Gunnar Allen Lindblom uh, is a really good one exposing uh, the the background of the Fertitta brothers in the UFC. So my interviews with Larry Maz are great. There's so much, so much stuff out there. Um, so much stuff out there, Coach. All right, man. We really appreciate your time and your your time is money. And man, I wish you all the luck in the world. God bless you and thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you, Coach. And thanks for having me on. And uh, one last thing I want to tell you: If you heard this joke that's been going around, Coach, 
What's what? 240 pounds? Uh, let me tell it to you. Let me give it to you real quick. What's 240 pounds? Dashingly handsome and disappears in an instant. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> there he goes. All right. Okay. What a show, man. We are proud and honored to have him on on the 1704th show. Today was the first show that I hosted by myself. Sign Guy gave me the reins, my boss. We got some big shows coming up. This Friday, the 25th, we got Thomas Bruff from Liberty Pro Wrestling out of Tennessee. Next Sunday, we've got Nikki Six of the Suicide Kings. Then later that day, Sign Guy and myself will be on Evan Ginsberg's show at 7 p.m. Pacific. And I'm a, I think I'm going to play a few songs for you guys and come back and give you the rest of our schedule and some more exciting news. Okay, here we go. That's right, everybody. You know who it is. Coach Mike Jones, I'm the coach with the most. Coming at you hard from coast to coast. I don't want to boast, but now I got to roast you in my social media posts. You double dose, undiagnosed. You feel tired, life expired, now you're a ghost. I'll be your host, so won't you raise a toast to the coach with the most, Coach Mike Jones. go coach mike jones walk-on song by the never were that's from joe love also wild lyle of the real school Army's part of that group and we've got some other exciting people coming on for april april 1st we got tim simmons april 3rd rob stroh the rob kellum the stroh maestro april 8th bill anderson the legendary tony myers leatherface April 15th, Demetra Star, the Wing She-Cat. April 17th, I'm looking forward to Jenny Santana, second-generation wrestler, world grappling champion. April 22nd, we got Adonis Staples. April 24th, we got Mustang Mike. April 29th, we got Brad Bad. And then we also got a real big May coming up. April... Or no, May is Blades Month. 
We got a bunch of blades for the Sundays in May, and then it's also May the 4th be with you. But without ado, let's play another song. There you go, Johnny Blade from Black Sabbath off the Never Say Die album. And like we said, May is Blades Month. May 1st, we have Roger Blade. May 4th, the 4th be with you, we have some special guests coming on. I'm sure Wild Lyle and Stompin' Steve will be on. I think even Joe Love is going to call in that day. He's another huge Star Wars fan. May 6th, we got Real School Army's old Feel Good. May 8th, Brian Blade. May 13th, Chaz Taylor. May 15th, Damian Blade. May 20th, Stevie Jonak, SCW Hall of Famer. And then May 22nd, Johnny Blade of Texas. 
And then May 27th, Hank, handsome Eric Hamrick and guest. And to end Blades Month, we've got another Johnny Blades from Illinois on May 29th. And don't forget to check out Sign Guy. You can reach Sign Guy at, on Twitter at SignGuyHPW. He's also on the Book of Faces. He's down there at Pacific Northwest BCW today. And next Friday and Saturday, he'll be in South Hill, Washington for Northwest Pro. And remember, they got Cowboy James Storm coming there to the Kia Martial Arts Center. And also, don't forget to check out Chicken Bob. He's on the Book of Faces, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And then Sign of the Times episode 523 just came out this weekend. Don't forget to check that out. And we've got a big May come, or June coming up, excuse me, which we're not allowed to announce yet who's going to be on there. But let's play another song. Here's Don't Stop the Rock. You can check me out at Coach Mike Jones at YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, don't forget to check out the Real School Army in the NGW Green Room. Yes, and we've got some big stuff brewing that we're working on. Myself and Sign Guy, along with my social media guy that helps me with NGW Green Room Media, Wild Lyle. We're proud and honored to have him working with us. And we want to also thank Beast Barnett for all he does for Turnbuckle Turmoil and Sign Guys Wrestling Show. So, as we end the show, here's Beast Barnett's Power Party.
What an awesome version. I guess we're not done yet. We got a few more plugs to do. And just like the song says, everybody wants to rule the world. If you guys didn't know yet, I'm going to be working some 18-hour days here working hard because I'm taking everyone to the moon here shortly just to let you know. And we want to – later on today, I get to go meet the founder of Turnbuckle Turmoil, QT Vokes, hoping I'll get an interview in the NGW green room with him. We miss him, and we're constantly hoping for him that he'll come back to Turnbuckle one day, at least to call in or send some questions, and we miss his 9 and 7 eighths ratings. And other than that, also today I'm going to be on – Lyrical Spit, Debashi's podcast, and Murky Chronicles that he does. Me and Dave's been up and down the road. We've had our highs. We've had our lows. But one thing I can never deny is if it wasn't for Debashi, I would not be in wrestling today. So I'm very grateful for him. I'm forever indebted. And he's going to have me on today discussing Donnie Bonaducci's being scared of the coach. He accepted my challenge way back when on YouTube. He refuses to go on Steve Harvey. They even offer him $11,000 to go on the Steve Harvey show to present the case, and he still won't do that. Uh, so we're going to be calling him out today on Lyrical Spit and on TikTok because all we get from Donnie Bonaducci is And we're sick of that crap. Also, I'd like to promote some books that I'm really uh, enjoying right now. You've got L.A. Taylor's Old School, Volume 1. That's on Amazon. That's Kevin Sullivan's wife's book. Also, you can check out Excitement in the Air by Mike Rogers. It's on Amazon. And he, he's already got Volume 1 and Volume 2 available. And then, of course, my mentor, Patrick Snow, with Creating Your Own Destiny, an international bestseller. Make sure you check those guys out. Patrick Snow's on patricksnow.com. All right, so maybe we can try this one as the final song. And because just like we aren't, we are not an overnight sensation. Here's Overnight Sensation.
Oh, look at Jesus, yeah. 